clean slate. We popped champagne last night on the show, drank it on the air, celebrating the end of Dan Snyder. J.P. Finley, who, of course, covers the team for NBC4 in D.C., NBC Sports Washington, Beltway Football Podcast, and, of course, host with Brian Mitchell, should be Hall of Famer, middays on 106.7 The Fan and Odyssey Station right here in D.C. I, I'm sure you were excited before we even get to win totals and stuff with this team in the NFC and the NFCs. There's got to be a relief for you that, one, you're not going to have to talk about the sale of this team very much anymore, and two, I don't know, maybe they won't be so dysfunctional and we can actually look at a team uh, for what they do on the field for something consistently now. Yeah, thanks for having me, boys. I, I, you got to look big picture on this. Um, the Commanders football team, Redskins prior to that, have been a disaster for so long. And so much of that is directly attributable to Dan Snyder that as long as you'll zoom out and look at the big lens, this is terrific, terrific news. I don't know what it means for the team this year. I, I don't know what it means for Sam Howell and Ron Rivera. Um, but if you are like me and like, I mean, you guys live here now. I, I mean, Nick, I know you're a old school Burgundy Gold fan. Like, if you're if you're someone from this area, from inside the Beltway, this is tremendous, amazing, incredible news. I suppose it still doesn't get Ashu out of a very trendy T-shirt that's kind of tight. And um, <laughs> I just I, I want to clarify. I'll text Scott Lynn for for the next time I come on. If if Ryan Horvat complains about being a Chicago Bulls fan, yes. To a, a Bullets Wizards fan. I'm going to throw him off a bridge. Thank so just you. so we're clear. Uh, JP, uh, well, being from Chicago, actually, I got some text messages from some buddies because uh, Ryan Poles was on 670 this week, and they're talking about adding an edge rusher. A lot of people floating out the name, Chase Young. One and a half sacks the last two years hasn't been healthy. Hey, how are they, they adding him? What does that even mean? Uh, the uh, possibility of trading for him. That, that's the big rumor. Is he, is he, is he going to be okay. a commander week one? Chase Young? So, I, here's my question. What would yeah. the Bears give up for Chase Young coming off a knee injury that hasn't had a sack presumably since the 21 season? And that's what, what are you question. giving up? That, right? that's, what, that's what I asked. Like, are you giving up a second-round pick? Because I wouldn't do that for Chase Young. Uh, no I don't trust him to stay healthy. I, I wouldn't do that. And I don't think Washington would do it for a the third Commanders didn't even pick up his option. Right. So if, if you take away the name value of Chase Young, if he is player X and you look at his and you look at his production on the field for, you know, since he's been drafted, you'd be like, all right. He's going into a contract year. What do you give up for a guy going into a contract year with that level of production? It's a sixth, a fifth. And if you are the team that holds the rights to player X, you're like, nah, we're going to bet on the upside here. I'm not giving right. you that for a sixth. So I, I think it, it's, a, it's a sexy, salacious internet rumor to be like, oh, they might trade for this or trade for that. I just don't see it. Now, maybe there is a side to the commanders that wants to trade him or wants to move on and wants to clear the table for a Montez Sweat extension or something like that. Like, I'm not ruling anything out here because everything I hear is, and I know this team pretty well, everything I hear is we're going to put him in a position to play well and we'll pay him. We, yeah. we have a history of this. We paid John Allen. We paid Terry McLaurin. We paid Deron Payne. Play well. We'll pay you. Plus, with an ownership transition that's basically happening now, I don't see him trading Chase Young. But I, I don't want to disappoint the good people in Chicago. 
<laughs> no, I wouldn't, man. I would I would bet on that upside. I was going to ask you, so if he finishes with 11 and a half, 12 sacks, it's a contract year. It's a prove-it year. That's a think, big jump for him. But do you think they would, they would commit to him after just one season? So one thing that's bizarre is locally in D.C., I think I'm one of few people that's on the air that says you should have picked it up. Yeah. Um, I think nationally people are like, yeah, of course you should have put, picked that up. What are you doing? Locally, I think people are frustrated because – there was a lot of production as a rookie. And it, it, the only thing I, I get a little testy about is if you look at that rookie year and don't think he was dominant. When he was healthy, he was dominant. Now, there were periods where he wasn't healthy, but the second half of the year, they won a, a relatively junky NFC East. Uh, Dak got hurt. Philly was a mess. It just was not a good year in the NFC East. But Chase Young won that defensive rookie of the year for a reason. He was making big play after big play after big play. Now, you, you have to balance that against what we saw early in 21 when he was bad. I mean, I mean it, it, people remember the 21 season as when he hurt his knee. He didn't hurt his knee until week nine against Tampa, and he was just bad prior to that. So then you can balance, you know, is he doing enough off the field? Is he working out? Is he doing his rehab? All, all that's real, but – the fifth-year option would have cost you 17 mil. If he's good this year, and let's just say he gets 10 sacks, but he shows the same kind of playmaking potential, because it's not just the sacks. It's the sack fumble. It's the it's the tipped pass INT, the stuff that he has proven to have an ability to do. If he shows that again, he's a $20 million play, player easy, and the franchise tag is going to cost you 24. So you're, you're, that delta jumps pretty big. 17 mil by next year's cap, even if he stinks and you got to cut him and it's guaranteed money, it's not debilitating. I I, I would have rolled the dice on the option. I, I know that a lot of people wouldn't, but I would have. I mean, the, the salary cap always goes up. We have this conversation about quarterbacks, too, where there's, you know, this guy's going to be the highest paid quarterback and then it's somebody else. And the, it just always becomes the same conversation. I. I think the frustrating thing with Chase Young is that this is a guy that went number two overall and they needed a quarterback and Justin Herbert was on the board and they passed him and that would be nice to have Justin Herbert in uniform for them. Chase Young, 50-1 to one to win Defensive Player of the Year. So the Commander's win total sits at 7.5. Oh, no, yeah. Oh, not no. a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> I don't even care if he has double-digit sacks. He ain't winning it. Not with Micah Parsons. Right. I mean, there's a million other Most names of ahead of him. I would not bet anybody. on both Moses. I would, I, you know, I bet on ten guys before Chase Young, even if he has double-digit sacks. But their win total sits at seven and a half. It's actually jumped a little bit. It was six and a half for a while. It's juiced to the under though, minus one fifty overs at plus one twenty-five. I mean, when you look at this team on paper, they're they're a good team. You've got a great defensive line. They've they've added a lot of weapons on offense. What this really comes down to is Sam Howell, if he is the starting quarterback, what he looks like. What are you hearing from? Because like we know what they're saying publicly, really talking him up, hyping him up. Get it good game the last game of the season it was fine but do they believe in him do you think as much as they're saying publicly i i think they do and i think there are reasons to really like him so for me i've probably watched most of the passes he's ever thrown as a pro i mean between rookie minicamp training camp all that he made significant strides from he started the third preseason game last year against the ravens and then he started week 18 against the Cowboys. And he didn't play in between there. And the third preseason game last year against the Ravens, 
You saw the stuff he was doing at Carolina his senior year, which was problematic, which caused him to slide from what many projected was a first-rounder coming out after his junior year to a fifth-rounder after his senior year. And basically it was at the slightest hint of a pass rush, he just took off running, scrambling, doing the stuff they don't want you to do. And you're going to get killed in the NFL doing that. And by the time week 18 against the Cowboys came around, he his feet were a lot more stable. He stayed in the pocket when there was pressure. And he delivered some big-time throws. I say that knowing he only had 11 completions in his NFL career. And I don't know that Sam Howell's the guy. He's got a big arm. He's got good feet. He's athletic. Real humble, hardworking kid. There's a lot to like there. But if we're just talking odds and probability, the probability of a fifth rounder with 11 career completions being the guy that leads you to a playoff berth or even like eight wins, probably not going to happen, honestly. So one thing that was interesting is I've known since, honestly, going into week 18 that their plan, maybe even before that, frankly, when they never reworked Carson's deal last year, and as much of a disaster as Carson Wentz was, it was because they're like, hey, we really like this kid we drafted. So this was the plan, and there's a re- they were never drafting a first-round quarterback. There's Everything with the commanders always gets reported crazy. They, I don't think they were ever trading up. I don't think Hendon Hooker was ever in the plans, all those sorts of things. They were rolling with this kid, and I don't know if it's going to work, but it's intriguing. Yeah, I, I've just been down this road, as you have too, so many times, where the next quarterback, this is the guy. This is going to be different. I mean, I remember John Beck was supposed to be the guy for this team. My God, he got sacked like 10 times and shut out in his first start for them. Uh, the one interesting thing, though, Eric Bieniemy now being the offensive coordinator. Obviously, we saw what he did in Kansas City, but, you know, you have Patrick Mahomes, so that's kind of a nice luxury to have. How different do you think their offense is going to look with Bieniemy now calling the plays? I think it'll be a lot better. So you talked about the win total. Nick, I, I know you pay attention to the Commanders, right? Yeah. <laughs> Last year going into the season, it was, all right, they're going to have a good defense. They got questions at quarterback and offensive line. Don't they have the same questions? I, I don't know that it's any different. And now, last year, they played the AFC South. that They got to face against uh, Davis Mills, Sam Ellinger, Tannehill, and Lawrence. This year, they played the AFC East. So they get Allen, Tua, Rodgers and Mac Jones, whatever they got going in New, in New England. So, you know, can they be better? Yeah, I, I think enemy can definitely be better. Scott Turner called some good games. He had good design, but the, the ordering of plays, the sequential design, as they call it, people had a lot of issues with. I, I think one of the biggest ways enemy can help Howell or whoever the quarterback ends up being, because I, I think we see both these guys start, right? I would, I would definitely expect to see Jacoby Brissett. Um, what Bienemy did a lot in Kansas City and what Andy Reid has done throughout, and that's one of the issues, one of the questions with Bienemy is, is he the right guy or was he with Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey in Kansas City? We, we won't know that answer. But the, they, they do a really good job of moving the pocket out of the shotgun with design movement from their offensive line. So it's a it's a direct snap back, but then it's it's it we're rolling right play design rather than a quarterback just moving on his own and the tackle not moving with him and and you see pass rushers getting free runs to the edges there. So I, I think that will help a lot in this situation, but I, I don't know 
I think you're going into a season with the exact same offensive questions at quarterback and offensive line, even though they've, to them, added two new starters at O-line and gotten better. Um, they've been bad offensively, and we'll see if they get better. How do you think they use their running backs? Because you get Brian Robinson in the third round last year and obviously missed the start of the season. Antonio Gibson, Ron says he wants to get some carries for again this year. I'm not going to fall for that in fantasy. But I actually like Chris Rodriguez out of Kentucky, and I think they got him what the sixth round. How do you think they use those backs? I, I think it's a total committee. Um, you look at what Kansas City's done. They go committee all year. I think you look at what Washington's done. It's largely been committee. I think Gibson could have a good opportunity here. Um, but I, from a fantasy perspective, I, I wouldn't be looking at anybody before the I, – I, depending on your league and all, you know, all the stipulations. But I, I think everybody's a, probably a double-digit round guy. I like Rodriguez. I got to watch him last week at rookie minicamp. Um, I, I don't know what they're going to do there. I, I like Robinson a lot. Yeah. Does he lack explosiveness or was last year a freak situation because he was shot in August? I, I don't know that answer. Gibson, measurables, has all the explosiveness in the world, but it's never really translated on the field. So it's, I, I don't know. All right, only got about 45 seconds here, but we're trying to figure out, as we've always done on the show, Eagles 49ers. Shortest odds to win the NFC. After that, it's the Cowboys. We know they throw up all over themselves in the playoffs. Are you in on the Lions? Like, what is the third, fourth, fifth best team in the NFC right now? It's a great question. I, I'd probably take the Niners looking at that. If you believe in Geno, I kind of love the Seahawks. I thought they had a really good draft. You know who Pete Carroll is. I, I, the Vikings, I just think, are bad defensively, but I love O'Connell. I, I, I would probably go chalk. Uh, which I hate doing, but I like the Niners a lot. I, I think Kyle Shanahan's such a good coach. It hasn't been a repeat winner in the NFC East since B Mitch was playing. So, <laughs> no, it's, it's makes just, me nervous. I know. Yeah, but the Eagles just look so damn good. But the rest of the NFC is a joke. JP Finley, good talking to you, man. Thanks for coming on. Speaking of looking good, Nick Asher. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. You, you. you stroke my ego, and it always makes me happier. Yeah, I, I'm just telling you, man, This, the, I know you love Sam Howell, but you're going to. You're gonna be. You know what? You're gonna have to suffer with me this year. You're gonna have to spend.